Hi, and welcome to Messy in the Middle. I'm your host, Jessica Lee. This is a podcast featuring real women's stories about their journey, the messy part, the trials and tribulations to get from recurrent miscarriage and infertility to baby. Join us as we talk, cry, laugh, and get unbelievably vulnerable to feel less alone in the gang that no one wants to be a part of. Hello, hello, welcome back. This is Jessica Lee, your host. Um, not really much to report from me on the home front. I am, well, when this episode released, I'm going to be right on 25 weeks. And one, I'm still in disbelief that we have made it this far. And two, I can't believe how quickly it's actually going. Uh, it's absolutely crazy, but so far everything is running very smoothly, which is honestly all we could ever ask for with a pregnancy after loss. I guess a lot of my issues now that I'm now past the 24-week mark, um, I should hopefully not run into anything worrisome until it comes time for the birth. Uh, still on high alert for placenta accreta where the placenta grows into the uterine wall but so far on the scans they haven't picked anything up um, but also being that my placenta is on the back of my uterus wall this time it can be harder to pick up on scans uh, but I've got I'm booked in for scans at 28 weeks 32 and 36 so I guess hopefully if there was something to pick up then they're going to do it then if not we plan for a vaginal delivery with, I'm you know, going to make it dead clear that I want to know what the contingency plans are if things don't go well on the day because, you know, anything can happen. Every, anything, everything could look fine on scans, but when it comes down to the reality of it, it could be a completely different story. I could hemorrhage. Um, the placenta could get stuck and not detach properly. There could be retained products. Um, but, yeah, it's just we're not going to know until... The day. Um, so yeah, that's about a, as much of an update as I've really got. I've kind of been a bit quiet on the Instagram front, putting my you know face on there. I've definitely found it harder to connect, I guess. And I don't know if this is something that is all in my head, where um, I don't know what the right word is, but because that I'm into that second phase of my journey that, yeah, there's just a bit of a disconnect between where you are compared to where I am. Um, I don't want that to sound really shitty. It's just I don't want to put my pregnancy in your face. So I'm just being respectful and mindful of that. Um, I still want to be here to support you guys in whichever way I can and hopefully by, you know, releasing these episodes that, it is giving you guys some hope and even my story I hope it gives you you hope on your own journey that everyone's everyone's story is different everyone's journey is different everyone's timeline is different on how we get to this end goal but if you want to see more of me let me know like <laughs> I don't know I've just been mindful that I know how triggering pregnant people can be when you're not there yet even though you guys know my history and what it took to get here yeah I just I'm just mindful of triggering anyone 
but I'm saying that I'm going to write a, there's going to be a post coming up about triggers and then it's going to be a two-part post and something to kind of flip triggers around, which I thought was really, really cool. So keep your eye out for that. But yeah, I guess this episode is a really good one when it comes to your mindset. I'm speaking to Louise Sawicki. She is a holistic fertility coach. Um, and she's also, since the recording of this, uh, the head of development Australia for the European Fertility Society. So she is just, her career is going leaps and bounds. I'm really, really happy for her. Um, but she works, you know, one-on-one with women in helping transform their mindset and their limiting beliefs on their trying to conceive journey. So to set you to set, you know, women up for the best chance of success because um, as you'll hear through her story, she had so many limiting beliefs and, you know, her lifestyle and the amount of stress that she was under were all contributing factors to the fact that she couldn't fall pregnant. But I don't want to spoil anything. This is a really great chat and let me know what you think. Talk to you guys soon. I did also forget to mention that for some reason the audio on this episode is not like super great, especially like the parts where I talk, the audio is doing some really weird thing and I do apologize for that. I have tried to fix it as much as I can through the editing process, but it just is a little bit unfixable. So just bear through it if you can. I swear that Louise does more talking than I do, so hopefully it doesn't detract from it too much. Hi, Lou. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jess. It's so lovely to be here, and I've been following your podcast and you and your journey for a while now, so I'm super excited for our chat. Thank you. Me too. Can you start off by telling me your age, where you're from, and who's in your family? My age, I am 40, or I was 40 this year, which was really exciting for me. Um, I'm in Sydney and I am, yeah, I've got, I've got three kids. So I'm the mother of three beautiful miracle babies, I guess you could call them. I've got Odin, who's four, Zeke, who's two, and Havana, who just turned one. So, yeah, so our, our household is very busy. Um, very very busy but I know what it's like and I know what it feels like to be on the other side of the fence so I just feel really fortunate that we have the family that we have and it really makes the um, tough times just it really puts everything into perspective Um, you know when you're up late at night or you're under the pump or you've got you know you've got a thousand things on you know often people kind of ask me how on earth I balance work and family, um, having such a young family, and I'm, I just—it's. I just feel so fortunate to have the beautiful children that I have, and you know, you, I think you just make a decision, don't you, that you can manage what's on your plate. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not difficult and it's not hard sometimes, or there's not certain challenges, but you know, that's just life, isn't it? It's really about how you deal with with those challenges and mentally kind of how you set yourself up and um and your perspective you know you can look at it in two different ways so I choose to always take the positive and there's always a positive in every 
situation. So I guess that's really how I manage the kids and work and family and everything else that, that comes our way. <laughs> uh, so how did your trying to conceive journey start? I guess, um, I mean, like, well, I mean, like all of us, I mean, uh, you know, women are waiting longer these days to have kids where we've got careers, we're well-traveled, we just want to experience life, don't we? And, you know, I did that. I went to uni, I got a job, and then I met my now husband and we just wanted to travel the world. I didn't want, there was, I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise at that point in time. I just wanted to see the world and I knew that that's all I wanted to do. So we got on a plane um, and we left. Canada with a one-way ticket and that was in 2006 and we traveled the world on and off for about six years just incredible so I've had a a lot of responsibility I guess growing up you know having a a brother with Down syndrome that sort of as although he is now my greatest teacher I completely understand as an adult growing up there's a certain set of I guess um, responsibility attached to looking after and, and being in a family with someone with a disability so when I finally left uni I really just wanted to go and experience the world and be free for a little while which we did and then we went to Canada we came home um, and we went to London did the London thing Europe you know, Southeast Asia you know we did we did it all we spent kind of pretty much like I said on and off six years traveling the world and then we turned 30 and after 30 at that point in time, you couldn't get another work either. So it was time to come home and get a, a real job and get a real life, I guess, an adult life, which we did. We settled in Brisbane. Um, and I guess the next step was like, well, okay, well, maybe we should think about having kids. Yeah. I was 30 at the time and not once did it ever cross my mind that we would have any trouble. I just didn't. I just didn't even consider it. Um, so we made the decision and 12 months went by and nothing happened. Another 12 months went by and we kind of started to get a bit, I guess, you know, I hadn't got, tried to get too caught up in it at that point in time, but after two years, obviously, with no, absolutely no pregnancy whatsoever, that we're making no progress, I was starting to get a little bit stressed about it and I thought, well, hang on, you know, then there must be something going on here. So we made the decision to go and refer ourselves to a fertility specialist. And we did. And another year went by. We did multiple rounds of IUI, IVF, nothing. We were making no progress. There was no pregnancies. There was nothing. And over this time... Sorry, what was the fertility specialist saying? Um, well, she was kind of, well, it was unexplained infertility. So mm. she was kind of, you know, I'm a very determined person and I was committed and I was determined to keep going. And and I think, I see, you know, I see a lot of that in, in women who are suffering infertility, you just keep going month after month, trying and trying and trying. And because I guess you deem yourself to be strong and, and committed and, and if you, if you stop, then you're giving up on your dreams, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back now, that's just simply not the case. But at that time, I was determined to keep going. 
Um, and I guess at that point, there was no reason why she should tell me otherwise. So we just kept going. And then it kind of got to the point where my mental health was really suffering. Mm. Uh, my physical health was really starting to suffer, but I just, I was not listening to my body. I had very obvious sign, physical signs that there was issues. I was struggling mentally. I was borderline depression at that time, but I just refused to acknowledge the signs. So uh, what, what were their signs physically? Physically, like, like yeah, um, I was getting inflammation was massive, bloating, uh, fluid retention, brain fog. I just couldn't think anymore, um, you know, just puffiness in my face everything in my body was completely inflamed and I was just, I would literally wake up some mornings five kilos heavier because of the fluid that I'd put on the night before. Yeah. It was that bad and I just refused to see it. Um, but that all changed when the very last, um, very last, pregnancy uh, attempt we did I walked into the office that afternoon she was going to give me the results and I just anticipated a negative which I was doing up until then anyway and of course it was a negative and she said to me Lou she finally sat me down and she was like Lou I can't see you for six months you need to sort out your mental and your physical health this is never going to work and I was devastated I just I left the office and I just I thought she was giving up on me I thought that that was the end. If I stopped, then I was giving up on my baby dream. Yeah. I walked out of the office and I went back to work. And I went home that night and I took our two pugs to the dog park, as I usually do. Um, and it was dark at that point in time. And I looked up to the stars and the universe and I said, I, I need help. I need to know what's going on. There's something not right here. And I said a little prayer and I was like, I hadn't been a spiritual person before then. I had just hadn't, I was very black and white, very mathematical, very matter of fact. If you don't see it, you don't believe it. But at that point in time, I knew that there had to be somebody out there or something out there, a greater being, a greater energy that could help me. And I said this little prayer and I went home. Anyway, I woke up the next morning and I went to work and there was this, I'd been seeing an, an energy healer before, a couple, I'd started probably a couple of weeks before that last um, pregnant, failed pregnancy attempt. And um, she was going through, she was doing some testing on my body and she, she said that I might want to take these herbs. They might help balance my hormones. And I was like, I just can't really think about it too much anyway. She didn't know me, who I was. She didn't really, she didn't know where I worked. She didn't know where I lived. She knew my name was Louise. That was it. I went to work the next day and there was a handwritten envelope on my desk and no return address, nothing, just Louise. My name was Louise Phillips back then. And inside was a sachet of this herb just sitting on my desk. Wow. And that to me was the universe calling out saying you need to sort out your physical your mental health it's mm. not going, nothing you're not going to be able to move forward so from that day forward 
I rang up my husband and I said, for the next six months, I'm talking about babies. You know, I'm just going to concentrate on getting back to me, coming back home to who I am, my authentic self, healing my body, healing my, my mind. It's broken. I just needed to put myself back together. Was he supportive on that journey? Yes, he was very good. He and, and the thing is, like, he was suffering just as much as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the male counterparts or the other partner often don't get the recognition that they deserve in terms of their support levels emotionally. Like, he was broken as well. Our relationship was broken, although mm-hmm. there was never any talk of us splitting up. We were not in a great relationship and we you know we weren't communicating we weren't we, we'd hit rock bottom as well in our relationship um so he was very supportive of that um and during that six months like I said I just spent the time healing my mind and my body and I went and I got acupuncture and I went and saw a number of energy healers and I went and saw a hypnotherapist like I I got a team together that were really going to support my mind, body, and soul and get me back to the person I was before. And during that time, I said to my husband, I really want to get married. We'd been together for 15, 16 years or something. And I said, I just, I, this is really important to me. So I organized a wedding in three or four months, as you do. And we got married in December. So this was five months after that last walk out special store got married and it was a beautiful day and a month later I went to my facility specialist it was exactly six months to the day since I left her front door and I walked in and she sat me down and she did all the blood work for another round of IVF and obviously one of those blood tests is a pregnancy test and she did all that we had the consultation I went back to work and then the next afternoon I was on the train coming home from work. And she said, are you sitting down, Lou? And I was like, yeah. And she said, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I just couldn't believe it. And nine months to the day after we got married, our beautiful son was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think it was it was at that point that the penny really dropped and I really started to understand the influence that the mind has over the body mm. and the influence the mind has over your pregnancy journey, your, your fertility journey. It just, it, it's not talked about enough. No, it's there not is enough. so much discussion when we first start trying for babies around making sure your, your weight's correct making sure you've got the right diet taking the right supplements you know um, are you exercising the right amount you know let's take a number of bloods to make sure your levels which is all very necessary but not once is there somebody who says at that point in time let's do a mental health check-in where's your mental health at what's the history is there a history of miscarriage in your family like where are you at mentally Mm. And there needs to be because it all starts in the mind. It's where it all starts. So it's just so important to me now to raise awareness about the influence that the mind has over the body and 
although everyone's journey is different, everyone's fertility journey is so different. The feelings are the same and the, the influence that the mind has over the body is very similar. So it's just so important to raise awareness and raise the conversation, start the conversation about doing a mental health check-in when you start trying for a baby, not when you keep rock bottom or you're yeah. three years deep in infertility and, and, and not a highly functioning human, you know, overwhelmed with grief and stress and anxiety. In the beginning, it's just so important. Was there like one modality in particular with the natural therapies you were seeing that did encompass more of the mind connecting with the body? I, for me, and the, I guess this is kind of where I really started to, to, to gain a, an interest in terms of business-wise was for me I found hypnotherapy and acupuncture were just amazing for me. Um, acupuncture obviously from a physical side of things really great moving energy around as well in the body balancing out I, I saw my acupuncturist once every two weeks I think for about three years didn't miss a session yeah. and I attribute him to really being one of the critical factors one of one of the critical team members in helping me get to where I and he really helped my mind and my spirit as well as just as well as my physical body mm. and then the hypnotherapy side of things as well because that's I mean is that when, when you start when you're struggling to conceive there's a whole belief system at the unconscious level that's really preventing you from moving forward there's psychological blocks that are preventing you that are keeping you stuck so unless you look at at, at really creating an and a new empowering belief system and addressing those psychological blocks, then it's really difficult to move forward on your fertility journey. Just thinking of how to word this. So I know all about beliefs and how powerful your subconscious mind is. Where do you think that stems from when it comes to fertility? Because I think the obvious sign is you're struggling, you have losses, and then you develop this belief that my body's not good enough, I'm not working properly, I'm not worthy of having a baby and this pregnancy being successful. That's the obvious sign. But when it comes to the subconscious, like that's generally developed so early in childhood. Where do you think that influence comes from where it affects fertility later in life? I think, well, it all starts, I mean, a lot of the time it's generational, so it could potentially be your mum, dad's generation, mm. grandma, grandpa. It could even, you know, third, fourth generation, like it could start that way, that far back. And the thing with the belief system is it's, it's really programmed into you when you're in the womb. So it, it's energetic, isn't it? So if your mother has a certain belief system around her worthiness or her ability to maybe she's had a miscarriage before you or maybe she has experienced grief in, in other ways that has just carried that on and her perception of her body is a certain way or, you know, it, it could be 
anywhere, but generally it's generational mm. and then it's transferred to you in the womb and then it, it's just magnified as life goes on. So zero to seven is when we're most receptive to the perception of a belief system of, of other people because we, we our brain isn't developed enough really to have our own opinion. So we just take on other people's opinions, belief systems, and generally that obviously starts in the home. And, and then it becomes our perception of, of that belief system. And then certain events happen along the course of your timeline of your life, don't they? Maybe something happens at school and it just magnifies this belief system. And the thing is, not everyone's belief system presents in the same way, obviously. So for you and I, it was infertility. For other people, it could be physical illness, disease. It could present in a whole range of different ways. But for people that are struggling to conceive, it presents in the body as infertility. And it's not until you are presenting with infertility that you really understand this belief system unless you've done the work beforehand because it's all at the unconscious level. So we're not even obviously aware that it's happening, but there's little signs along the way. And if we ignore those signs or if we're too busy or if we just, it's just too hard, you know, there's a gut feeling that something's not right. You know, I'm feeling really stuck in life or, Life is just really difficult. It's not flowing. You know, like I said, there could be inflammation in the body as presenting in other physical ways in the beginning. But if we don't listen to our body, we don't take the time to stop and listen to the signs, then it does start to compound and signs get worse, don't they, until we listen. And then all of a sudden we're presented with, fertility issues and we have no other option but to listen so that's kind of how it works and that's how the symptoms really magnify over time and that's why it's so important to really stop and listen to your body because if you listen early on it doesn't have to get to that point you don't have to get to break so would you attribute hypnotherapy to kind of unlocking that within your mind and being able to identify those limiting beliefs and to be able to change it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the good thing about hypnotherapy is it, it really puts you in a super relaxed state. So then you are really, your unconscious mind is really receptive to suggestion. Mm-hmm. And that suggestion is really about reprogramming those that that belief system these thoughts this belief system that your body is broken i'm not worthy of having a baby i'm not worthy of love and every one of my clients that i see they are presenting with a broken heart mm. and they've fallen out of love for themselves and love is the highest vibration of all and when we're not living in alignment with love everything gets really difficult the body starts to present with illness. And life, things happen, you know, we start to have accidents, the flow stops, 
we, we, we feel stuck. We're not able to, to achieve what we want to achieve because we're not living in alignment with just one of the highest values. And if we're not living in alignment with love, we don't truly love ourselves. And how can we truly love a beautiful soul, the future baby? And the thing is, until we get to that point where we truly love ourselves, we're truly living in alignment with love, joy, happiness, and we're connected to the head and the heart, that's when miracles happen. That's when dreams come true. That's when we start moving forward towards our dreams of becoming mum. Connect with the head of the heart again. Because when infertility presents ourselves, it presents itself. It's a defense mechanism, isn't it? We shut down. The, the head and the heart become disconnected because it's too hard. It's too, mm. too much. Grief is too much. In case we've got to, we've got to feel it, feel it. So I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of putting the emotions to one side, like like I was doing when I was trying to have a baby, I was I'm just I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going because I'm strong and I'm committed. And if I give up, then it, it means I don't want a baby. But I was inadvertently creating more, digging a bigger hole for myself because I was not feeling it. Feel it. All of these emotions were just piling up. And I was just putting them to one side. Mm. But if I had have just taken the time to stop, feel the emotion, process the emotion, and heal the emotion, we can move forward. Because it only takes, neuroscience says it only takes 90 seconds to feel and process an emotion if we deal with it then and there. But we yeah. don't. Mm compounds doesn't it we just it's too hard when we're feeling that it's too it's going to hurt too much like it's the fear isn't it oh i, I can't hurt mm. i'm scared i'm fearful it's going to hurt but in the end it hurts even more yeah and it's so much harder yeah i think it's so easy to become disconnected from yourself along this fertility journey when you're seeing specialists may need to do IVF or you're just trying month after month after month because, you, you, you like you said, how determined you were, you had a goal and you weren't going to stop until you got to it, except years down the track you hadn't reached it and obviously something had to change. Do you find that people need to get to that breaking point before they'll actually stop and look inwards? I, I do find a lot of people have to um which I really which I mean I did as well I mean sometimes we have to reach breaking point because we live in such a fast-paced society it's just we just go 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 society normalizes stress everyone's stressed everyone's anxious we've got a lot to do everyone's working a lot we've got a household to run we want to have some form of social life and we want to travel we want to do all this stuff and Everything else is just too much of an inconvenience. It's too hard. And when the body's trying to tell us something, we've, we've not got time to deal with it, do we? Until we reach breaking point and then we have to. And then yeah. you've got no other way but to dig yourself out of that hole. But it's such a shame that it has to get like that. And the thing is, I guess, my education piece and my discussion piece that I like to get out 
for people is don't let it get to breaking point. Listen to your body. Be that person that goes to the GP when you first start trying for a baby and does a mental health check-in as well. Go and see an alternative therapist, a practitioner, because there's always something going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Prevention mm -hmm. is so much better than cure. So much better than cure. I love that that you're promoting because before I was in this mess, like I didn't know anything about preconception care. You know, you just told what you, you just know what you're told at school. You have unprotected sex, you have a baby. There's nothing else to it until you're in the middle of it and you're like, oh shit, actually, there's way more to this than I ever could have imagined. And how important that preconception period actually is to prepare your body and your mind for pregnancy and birth and motherhood. I mean, we don't, you know, we, we, we go to the doctor when we're 15 or 16 and they tell us to go on the pill and you do that. And, you know, you, you definitely, well, if you're anything like me, like you just abuse, you don't use it correctly. And, mm. you know, you spend your whole teens and 20s and sometimes into your 30s trying not to get pregnant, you know, doing anything you can not to get pregnant. And then you kind of do it uh, like a 180. And the thing mm. is, we're, we're, what we kind of don't realise, we've actually conditioned ourselves, we've programmed ourselves to not want to get pregnant. Yeah, we've spent yeah, all yeah. of this time saying, oh, I don't want to get pregnant. I'm, you know, I just, I can't get pregnant. I've got to. And all of these thoughts, these thoughts, our feelings and feelings become our beliefs and our beliefs over time become our reality so if we're telling ourselves something over and over and over and over again our mind has no other option but to believe it so it becomes your belief system becomes part of your nervous system part of your gut so if you have been one of those women that has spent a number of years trying desperately not to get pregnant and then you turn around one day and all of a sudden you want to get pregnant, sometimes there's a disconnect in there. And if you've taken on that belief system that you don't want to get pregnant, then it, you can't just expect your your mind and your body to do a, a complete 360 in that moment. So sometimes it is really difficult and it's not really something that we think about. No, it's a really perspective. Yeah, it's, it's not anything that, and the doctors, although a lot of the, the medical professionals really are now coming to around to a really holistic way of uh, treating fertility and pregnancy, it's still not discussed enough right in the beginning. I think you know, just doing a, a history check and a mental health check, and even if your GP doesn't bring it up, doing just going yourself and just having a bit of acupuncture, seeing a hypnotherapist, seeing an alternative therapist, seeing an alternative practitioner, even if you only have to go once or twice, you never mm. know that could be the difference between you getting pregnant relatively easy and you not. Let's backtrack a little bit. So after you had your first son, did you fall pregnant easily with your other two? I did. You did. So, yeah, so there was two years difference between Odie and Zeke um, and we fell pregnant first time with Zeke. Yeah. Um, no problem at all. 
I had no issues in pregnancy um, and Havana was a surprise, although we talked about three. <laughs> she was a... She was a little, well, both uh, um, Zeke and Havana were COVID babies. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> surprise babies. Um, but I ne I didn't have any trouble. There was absolutely no issues with me conceiving or there was thankfully no issues with pregnancy at all, which is why, like I said, although everybody's fertility journey is different, that is just proof. That the mind plays such an integral role in our fertility. Yeah, and let's go into your business and how you do help women. Well, my business is really supporting women through this tumultuous journey of infertility. I support women to really transform their mindset and remove those psychological blocks that are preventing them from falling pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I work with women, obviously, work with their their mental health and we look at, at the different belief systems that are potentially holding them back from moving toward their fertility journey. I work with women to really bring back and connect the head and the heart, bring back the love that they have for themselves, you know, these, these beliefs that women have around I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I, I, some, some women I see hate themselves, like literally look in the mirror and hate what they see. Yeah. It's not okay. So changing these belief systems, you know, I, a lot of women, the way that they speak to themselves, a lot of my clients in their own heads, I'm like, would you, start, would you use that language to speak about a loved one or a, a, your best friend or your partner? If you don't use that language, towards them and don't use it towards yourself mm -hmm. really focusing on changing the story supporting the women my my clients through the the journey because it can obviously feel like such a even though it's one in six that suffer infertility at some point we all know someone who knows someone when you're in it it just feels like most a lonely isolating experience so it's really about providing that support and bringing the joy and the happiness back to their lives, really connecting them back to themselves, bringing them back to home is like how I like to do it. Was there a pivotal moment where you were like, this is what I want to do? I think that I guess the, the seed was really planted when I found out I was pregnant with Odia. I think when I was on that, sitting on that train, the penny really dropped. The, the mind has a it plays an integral part in your fertility journey and I really felt that if it worked for me then I could support women who are on the same journey through mm -hmm. infertility um, so I guess the seed was probably planted then I didn't start my business until a few years later, I went and did my training and did a little bit more research and I really honed in, I guess, on exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to support my clients. And once I worked all that out, I started my business three years ago. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. It's just obviously I can never make any guarantees around pregnancy. I mean, I'm not God. None of us know 
none of us can guarantee pregnancy. No. <laughs> but just watching the transformation of my clients is just absolutely incredible. And that's mm -hmm. what it's all about. It's really about transforming their lives, bringing the joy back, bringing the laughter, bringing the love, connecting the head and the heart again. And like I said earlier, once you get to that point, and you true when you have that true belief system that you will become a mum when the time is right, and that is key. Mm. And once you get to that point, then it's a sense of freedom. It's a, it's like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders because you know when the time is right, you will become a mum. And then you're free to be on your fertility journey and enjoy life at the same time to, to hold down your career to enjoy your weekends, to wake up in the morning and feel happy, not overwhelmed with your fertility journey because you know in your heart of hearts that you will become a mum when, when the time is right. Like I said, that's, at that point, that's when you really start moving forward in your fertility journey and you let go. And that's when miracles happen and dreams start to come true. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful journey to watch these women I'm into my into my care and they're just broken and over the course of a couple of months just transform their lives to see the life come back into them it's just it's absolutely incredible I just love it so what do you think, like, are you able to give some examples of like the techniques you use to be able to do that bring the head and the heart back together again and change those belief systems yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I'm trained in the modalities of, of NLP, which is um, neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. and I'm a fertility coach. So there's a number of different, I've also got a bit of a psychology background as well. So there's a number of different modalities that I really draw on. But it, it, it's really about looking at getting to the bottom of that belief system, understanding that belief system that is holding you back from achieving your dreams because it's that belief system when you're li living out of alignment with your with your values, with your, your dreams because your belief system at the unconscious level is holding you back. Mm -hmm. That's where the disconnect is. So it's really understanding what that belief system is creating a new empowering belief system, a new narrative, a new story around your body's ability to fall pregnant. Once you create that, that new narrative, that new story, that's when the head and the heart start to connect again. And that's when you start to become whole. The broken pieces of your heart start to come back together. I love that. I love that you were someone out there who's a, a real asset to women who are struggling and feel lost and disconnected from themselves. Thank you. It's just, it's, like I said, it's a, I guess that's really my why in life now. It's why, it's my passion, why I'm here. I, you know, I finally, I think it, it takes us sometimes a little while to really understand why we were put on this earth. And I think through mm -hmm. my, my own journey, I really understood why I was put on earth and what I'm so passionate about is supporting women and just believing in the, in my clients before they truly believe in themselves, showing them that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that there is a life on the other side of infertility. And 
like I said, every journey is different, of course. But the feelings are the same, the journey is the same. The belief system, underlying belief system is very similar with everyone. We suffer the same Do you find there's any resistance or by the time that women actually come to you, they are just ready to surrender to your process and be like, just help me? Um, I, I find a lot of women in the beginning, not that they're intentionally resistant, but I, a big problem with infertility is the need to control. Mm-hmm. A lot of women that are suffering infertility have massive, you know, they call themselves control freaks in inverted commas, yeah. have a, a, a big need to control. And the thing is with your fertility, um, when you start to try and control that, you come up with a timeline of when you should fall pregnant, how you should fall pregnant, all this kind of stuff, that's a massive roadblock because we're out of flow with the universe and the universal timing so when a woman comes to me and she wants to control the situation it's sometimes a little bit it, it takes a little bit to bring those barriers down bring those walls down surrender to the process so it's not something you can't just you know i can't just deep dive into a, a hypnotherapy session in the first week or the first couple of weeks, it, it, there's a process to really to it's like I guess building the foundations of the house. You can't just start building the walls. So you have to start building the foundations first. So it's a rep. It's really about starting with basics, building those foundations, and then working up to changing that belief. I guess the way that it works, and I guess. For, for those, well, I mean, probably actually when I think about it, probably 99.9% of the women I see do have issues with control in terms of <laughs> it's not <laughs> because that's half the problem, is it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, really surrendering. A lot of women that I see, uh, it, it, it's something new to them. So it, mm. it, it's quite, it takes a little while to get your head around. Um, and, and and this type, I guess these type of therapies are something that you can't control either. You just have to surrender to the process as well. So that can sometimes. So being able and 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 learning to surrender is a skill, and it's it's something that's really important, not just for facility, but anything in life. If we just truly believe in the flow of life and everything will happen when it's meant to happen, then we're living in alignment and everything just flows and things do happen that we, we want to happen. Our dreams come true yeah. because we're not trying to control the situation. We're not, yeah. we're not yeah. blocking. The, it's really funny uh, um, because when you say, you know, you'll become a mum in, in perfect time and I think when you're in the thick of it, that's not something that you really want to hear. But once you are through it and you actually do look back, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's exactly why it happened that way. 100%. And I look back on my time and and I realise that if I had have fallen pregnant earlier on, then it wouldn't have been the right timing. And I try and a lot of my clients, in order to put that into perspective, I, I really you need to kind of reframe the situation, reframe your perspective on the situation and see this as a really exciting 
challenge for you because to be, can't be the best mum that you possibly can, to be the best person that you possibly can, this is necessary to do that. And that's really exciting because a lot of some, some women don't get that opportunity and then they, they do fall pregnant and it's really hard because they haven't done the work. They haven't done the inner work. And life presents them with postnatal depression perhaps because they didn't, although they fell pregnant easily and gave birth to a healthy baby, they still had mental health issues to address, weren't addressed, and it presents later on. So it's always a cycle. There's always a time in life when you are presented with, an, with rock bottom where you have to address. So for the women that are my clients, I really put it into perspective and say, look, this is a really exciting opportunity for you to work on your mental health, become the best version of you for your future baby. Because when you do fall pregnant and then deliver a baby, a healthy baby, you're going to be the best version of yourself and you're going to have the tools you need to get through those those really hard first years. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. Yeah, it's, it's, I think once you kind of reframe and really look at it as an opportunity to grow and to heal and to be the best version of yourself, then you can start to, to see the reason why you haven't become a mum yet. Yeah. The timing wasn't right because of that reason. Are most of your clients at the start of their journey, like they haven't conceived yet, or do you also help women who have fallen pregnant after loss and are struggling with that transition? Because it is like a whole other minefield as I'm experiencing now, like, I, I know a lot about mindset. I've done my own kind of training many years ago. So I resonate with so much of what you're saying, but even being as self-aware as I am, holy hell, do I still get caught up in like the emotion, emotions of it all? Absolutely. I mean, I have a lot of clients that are dealing with secondary infertility. I mean, that's just another, that's a whole nother beast in itself, really. And I find a lot of women who are suffering secondary infertility the emotions often are magnified because they there's a you know they struggle to be taken seriously by the medical profession for a while. They um, really struggle with with trying to work out where they fit. You know that the the women who are suffering infertility it's really hard to relate to them, and a lot of the other parts of society kind of just look at you like, well, you've got a baby, so we've got a couple of babies already, so um, you should just be very grateful. And, of course, you are, but your emotions towards your inability to, to fall pregnant with, with that baby are still very valid. So that, like I said, that's just another beast in itself, and, and it's becoming more and more common. I, I'm seeing more and more clients that are presenting with secondary infertility. Um, and then infertility after miscarriage is another another 
feast in itself as well. You know, the, the grief and the anxiety that you feel when you're trying to conceive after miscarriage is massive, really trying to, to manage those emotions and calm the nervous system when you're going through the pregnancy even because, I mean, these emotions carry through the pregnancy once you do fall pregnant again. So it's really about managing to calm your nervous system calm your mind, keep the stress levels down, keep the cortisol levels down. That is so important. And there's a whole set of probably tools and techniques to be able to do that. So I deal with women who have suffered you know, a whole range of, of different fertility issues and all have different, I guess, mental health requirements. But at the end of the day, it's really about learning the tools and techniques to really calm your nervous system, keep your stress levels under control, the anxiety under control, the mental clutter, clear the mental clutter and the overwhelm. I think a lot of people really underestimate the importance of calming your being able to calm your nervous system and your stress levels and anxiety through pregnancy. And I'll give an example. When I fell pregnant with my son and it was straight off the back of my first miscarriage, um, I was out of control. Like I did not know how to handle all the hormones and stuff that were surging through me. I hadn't dealt with any grief. Um, I definitely had prenatal depression. And then after he was born, I had postnatal depression. But <laughs> I see so much of those negative traits in my son now because he was feeling in utero what I was expressing during that time and he has a temper and he will throw his toys and he will want to hit and just lash out and I know like some of that's completely normal developmental toddler behavior but I can also see that's a little bit of me in him too um so I'm, one, grateful that I've now got that self-awareness that I can be that grounding source for him to teach him how to manage his emotions as he gets older and has a better understanding of it. Um, and having that self-awareness also going into this next pregnancy on how to keep calm. <laughs> and I think that's where you and the services that you offer are just so important and I think you know getting the word out on what you do is paramount for not only the future mother but it's also for our children's benefit as well. I mean it's all it's generational trauma isn't it we mm. kind of and you're obviously you've done the work so you can you can see the signs and you can and you can notice the behaviors mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people can't and, and the thing is that you know generational trauma it's probably been passed down through your line of mother yeah. grandmother you know who knows it, it, it can even go further back than that but it just takes one person to really to stop and to really understand what's going on mm -hmm. and, and to do that you really need to calm your mind you really need to take note you really need to look within that's why mindfulness is so important that's why yeah. gratitude is so important that's why why meditation is so important that's why just stopping 
and being still is so important so you can see what's going on and you can you can go within and your gut and your intuition always tells you always directs you in the right direction but you just have to listen yeah but the fact that you now have have done that is just amazing because you can now you can can rectify that for your son can't you you can can teach him the tools and the strategies that he needs in order to learn to to calm his mind and you won't pass that on to your next child because you you, you're now in such a a better space which is amazing yeah, I mean, it's taken a hell of a lot of work to get here and um, it wasn't easy <laughs> by any stretch of the means. But I think seeing the difference in myself and the difference it's had on my relationship with my husband and what I'm going to be able to provide for my son as a role model, like those benefits outweigh any cost or any heartache or all the tears and the screaming that I had to go through to get to this point percent i mean we kind of we think you know it, oh, i don't have enough time it's going to be too hard it's just another expense mm-hmm. but i mean at the end of the day i always ask my, my clients when i first start seeing them this question it's been the best 12 months of your life what does it look like and how does that feel and they tell me and the thing is you don't change nothing else will change so you will never get to that point so you'll just be here in 12 months time doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and that is more emotionally taxing that is more costly than anything else you kind of just got to look at it from that perspective like you said as well you know do you really want to be in the same spot you are now in 12 months time yeah absolutely thank you where can people find you my name is Louise Sawicki and I am Louise Sawicki on all my socials and my website is www.louisesawicki. So it's super easy to find. I think I'm the only one in Australia and <laughs> in the world. Um, so if you just look me up, um, if you've got any questions, you know, I'm always happy. I love to connect. I love to, to coffee day and I love to hear about your journey and, and you know, just get to know you so if you've got any questions or you just want to reach out please do i'm always available your page is amazing and you give out such valuable information so it's definitely worth a look thank you so much i'll put you the links to to all your socials in the show notes so people can easily find you thank you you're welcome thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing your journey and what you do and yeah, I think you're a real valuable asset to so many women out there. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I just I really appreciate your time and I've just loved chatting and getting to know you and getting to know a bit more about your story as well. I just love connecting with women who have been through similar situations. There's, there's just something very community-like about it, isn't it? Just nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Messy in the Middle. My main goal for creating this podcast is to ensure other women going through the struggles of infertility and baby loss don't feel alone along this very isolating journey. I want to be able to reach as many women as possible. And in order for me to do this, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. 
Also, if you have any feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear, please get in contact with me through the Messy in the Middle Instagram page. Sending you so much love and strength on your journey to baby.